probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to the Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. Someone whose contribution to The Mandalorian became even more impressive than the last episode is Blythe Dallas Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do you know what, mate? I love that one because Bryce is an absolute Star Wars hero. That is it. That is it, mate. She is in the Star Wars Hall of Fame as far as I can see, mate. She's directed two of my favourite episodes of Mandalorian, Ev's ever although they're all really good really i I love them all but mate what a pun what a pun we're there episode 90 mate episode 90 can you believe it mate boy it's the final countdown is it mate oh mate it's it's not the mando countdown but it is the countdown to 100 and i'm looking forward to it i bet you can't (laughs) flip and wait waking up every week thinking what's going to be the bly pun what on earth yeah. is it going to be this week? I don't know. <laughs> that does happen, mate. That is how I will spend my mornings when I wake up. Yeah, I'm sure. Every every moment you wake up, you're like, mate, that blind part better come to me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to chuck Olivia out. Gonna have to chuck <laughs> her out the window. Um, Matty boy, how on earth are you on this fine lockdown week? Uh, yes, yeah, not so bad, mate. As you say, it's the, the lockdown strikes back at the minute. Uh, so, and I've had a poorly Padawan this weekend, so I've kind of been in and chilling, uh, waking up in a cold sweat, trying to think of what the bly pun's going to be, but um, now my secret's out, I'll tell everyone. No, yeah, just sort of, uh, yeah, just chilling out, mate, looking after the nipper, watching, I've been binging the Mandalorian, 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 yesterday and today, this morning, I watched like, I watched the, the pilot episode, season one, I, I watched episode six from chapter, uh, season one, I've just been getting as much mando in as possible mate i'm loving it but yeah. um how are you doing man soak it all up mate. soak it all up i soak it up oh oh wink winky wink <laughs> um yeah no mate I, i'm i'm absolutely buzzing man i'll be honest like with the lockdown weekends are i love the weekends you know catching up on housework organizing mm-hmm. zooming and skyping friends and family you know that's what it's all about mate but good food Naughty food. I had a cheeky uh, Chinese last night. Of that course. was pretty fucker, mate. You know, um, that was a nice little treat. But other than that, the biggest treat has been, I'll, I'll, I'll level with you, mate. I'll level with you. The biggest treat has been a certain gift that we received from none other than the guys over at Hasbro. I can't lie to you. Matty boy, I mean, do, do you want to expand on that, mate? Because, mate, it, <laughs> it's pretty well, crazy. Well, just just uh, it was just after we'd watched uh, the Mandalorian on Friday morning, the Heiress chapter eleven. Uh, we just watched that. Uh, What's it? Nine ten in the morning. Getting not, uh, the doorbell goes off, and I'm thinking, "What is going on here? Who's, who's contacting me at ten o'clock on a Friday morning? Uh, no one's outside. Lockdown, isn't it? Postman has done a runner, but I, but just through my just through the. Um, the window pane on my door, I could see this massive box, and I'm thinking, oh, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> so I knew what this was. It was a big old box, 
for hashtag Mando Monday from our friends over at Hasbro. And it was full of absolutely fire Mando figures, Mando products. And I tell you what, mate, the spice train <laughs> was off and running that day. So shout out to uh, Emily and the girls, guys and girls over at Hasbro, an absolute queen for sorting this out. But mate, we were both giddy with excitement, Gideon with excitement, weren't we? Oh, Gideon. Do you always see the spice train as like a steam train? Because I, some, some, you do then. You, you do. I, in my head, I'm like, sometimes it's a steam train. Sometimes it's an underground tube. You know? I always see it as a steam train because those things have got power. They don't stop for anything. You know what I mean? Mate, hang on. Matty boy, district line. You having a laugh, mate? <laughs> Upminster. <laughs> Upminster to Kew Gardens. Yes, That's please. <laughs> <laughs> East or West, mate? No problem. That's yeah. it. <laughs> he throw the cockfosters. That's it. That's it. Is it he fr- he throws not on the old district line? Is it? That's on the old. Oh, um, no, it's, it's one of the lines. Pick pick, pick a pick a lily line. Yeah, pick a lily line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. one end to oh, the other. Man. But no, uh, Hasbro sent us some absolute filth. Um, awesome, awesome box of goodies uh, they sent us, and we're very, very grateful for that. The products are awesome. The Mandalorian stuff is great. The vintage collection stuff, I think, is my favourite. It's yeah. <laughs> absolute spice. I, I particularly like the heavy hashtag thick boy Mandalorian. That's me. Mate, mate, so flipping good. As soon as Blado saw that, yeah, he was all over the place. And, and to paraphrase his wife, Luke couldn't stop jumping around the room with excitement. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I saw the pictures and I was like flipping it. Could Friday get any better? It was no. proper Mando Friday my, ahead of Mando Monday. My life is downhill from here. That's it. <laughs> Standard. No, mate, it, it was absolutely awesome. And uh, we're very grateful for Hasbro, everyone yeah. at the team there, the guys we met at London Comic Con a year ago, because they've been very good to us and their products are awesome. So, yeah, we're more than happy to collaborate with them. Yep, can't add any more to that other than it was. I was like a kid in a candy stop shop when that turned up and uh, looking forward to playing with the old Darksaber again sometime oh, soon. Mate. Check out the socials for the pictures. Uh, they went up uh, on Monday, so check those out. Oh, and TikTok. We never plugged it. We have a TikTok. We've only posted. Oh, this like- is, yeah, this is your baby, so go for it. We've we've posted like three things on TikTok ever, but I think we're going to post some more stuff on there because it is it is good fun and it's like I need different. to learn how to use it. It's different. So yeah, look look at the we did a TikTok video for the uh, collab for Man- hashtag Mando Monday. So yeah, check us out on there, mate. I need to go and check it out, mate. I will do. I will check out our own <laughs> thing. Thanks, mate. Yes, guys, uh, Hasbro, thank you so much for sending that through. Uh, check out the uh, products on our socials, guys, and get your hands on them because they will make your houses and places of uh, living an awful lot better for them being in there. But that wasn't the only sweet news we got. We, uh, I can hear the trumpets. We got a new patron, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Shout out, big shout out to our latest patron, Slith. Slith? <laughs> oh, my days. Uh, I'm too excited. It's, it's all this Hasbro Mando talk. Uh, Sith Slayer. 
Is it 246, Matty Boy? Sith, yes. Sith Slayer 246 on Instagram. Absolute legend. Now, Sith Slayer, he's been a part of our community for, for a while. So mm-hmm. it's great to just like have him part of the Patreon uh, spice train, which is which is even more spicy. That's like Vindaloo level. That's mental level of curry. So yeah, welcome aboard the Filth Fest, Sith Slayer. Thank you very much for your contribution to the future of this show. Yep, I echo that. I hope you enjoy the content that we've already put out and the uh, stuff that's coming in future. Uh, get on board that. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, welcome aboard the Patreon train. We're very glad to have you on board and very thankful as well. Um, and we mentioned the Mandalorian recap. That's got that one out last Friday. If you're not sure what that is, every Friday, as soon as the Mandalorian episode drops, me and Luke sit down to watch it. And then a couple of hours later... We get online, we have a chat about it, and drop our recap and spoiler-heavy thoughts that same afternoon. So Friday afternoon, UK time, Mandalorian recap will be coming out. So uh, if you love a bit of Mando, check it out. Yes. If you love the Mando, come for the recap. Come for the recap. You know, that's what they say, don't they? They say, avoid the slap, go to the recap. (laughs) That's exactly what they say. (laughs) Yeah, that's what my nan used to tell me. (laughs) Uh, yeah, she always said come for the recap yeah. uh, so yeah every every uh every friday same podcast feed as you get your main shows on but in the background apart from all that filth wading through that uh, filth fest <laughs> i can hear the chimes the bong of big ben kenobi oh oh matty boy i think i do too in fact i think it's the galactic news round Janina Gavangar had an uncredited cameo in Chapter 11 of The Mandalorian as a Mon Calamari nostril puppeteer. StarWars.com has been dropping daily double chapters of Charles Saul's Light of the Jedi High Republic novel ahead of its January the 5th, 2021 release. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, where would Star Wars be had it not been for the maker himself, George Lucas? He gave us everything we uh, could have ever dreamed of, coming from 1977 up until about 2012, when, obviously, Disney purchased Lucasfilm from him. And in and around those times, we'd heard that he'd come up with story treatments for a sequel trilogy, which would bring back the original main characters for one last hurrah. And we've heard, you know, different stories about what that may entail. However, in a recent release, uh, a Tashin book release, the Star Wars Archives 1999 to 2005 by Paul Duncan, George Lucas spilled the beans on another iteration of his sequel trilogy, which he wanted to make had he not sold the uh, the rights over to Disney. And it's come out of left field. It came out of nowhere. Our, it was brought to our attention by our buddy, Film Joe 12 on Instagram. Check him out. He's an absolute king. But he sent us this message the other day on, on Instagram, which is now obviously uh, more... Well, it's out there in the zeitgeist now. But interesting news about what George Lucas wanted to do. You saw this, Lukey boy. What were your thoughts, man? Mate, when um when our boy Film Joe Twelve 
slid into the old DMs on Instagram, which we, <laughs> we ask you guys to do at the end of uh, every show. We say slide into our galactic DMs. Um, Film Joe did that. In fact, he just didn't go down a slide, mate. He flipping catapulted himself into That's our it. DMs. Loosed in. Guys, look at this. Screenshot. Bash. George Lucas's sequel trilogy ideas for it now before we before we get into this right george lucas says a lot of stuff <laughs> i just wanted to make my picture yeah, yeah yeah i've had a few i've had a few tinnies <laughs> liquid lunch <laughs> a few, few stallions uh no nah, i don't know i don't even know if he does uh have a li- little cheeky beer i don't even know um but Listen, George says a lot of stuff, and he's a guy who is always like the forces, the future's always in motion, isn't it? And yeah. the thing is, George is a sort of guy, I think, who just throws ideas up at the wall, sees what sticks, and goes kind of from there. Like he changed his mind with bits and bobs in the uh, original trilogy. We know that. So I, I'm not going into this as taking it as like dead gospel you know hard truths i'm sure there are some truths in them you know because that's what george has 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 said um but i'm i'm also sure that maybe a couple of things would have changed so what i'm now gonna say just bear in mind what i've just said but oh my days mate i got i got excited (laughs) over this and listen it's not because it's a hundred percent great stuff like after meditating on it for a couple of days letting it just sink in a little bit I, with a few things i'm a bit like eh, yeah okay that might have been a bit more challenging to you know dare dare i say matty boy dare i say execute yeah 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 that's it it's true it's true it's true everyone take a drink you know um uh, didn't your brother actually have a drinking game one time with, with his friends? Yes, uh, Jessup and Ali uh, had a drinking game with my brother for every time the word execute was said or other uh, SWS catchphrases. And That's it. they were absolutely hammered within about oh, an hour. That's not great. That's not great. Of course, we don't encourage anyone to do this, but um, you know, we'd say execute a lot. We love it. You know, we love it. You love it. And uh, the little baby Banthers love it as well. Um, there <laughs> we go. Um, but honestly, I think I think there's some real gems here. I'll be honest with you, Matty boy. As soon as I was reading through, I was like, yeah, this is George Lucas. Mm-hmm. This is George Lucas. I, I, I just get a feeling from it i'm like yep and just also quick shout out to tashin they make gorgeous books they make great photo books as well as um yes. like architecture books so a lot of my books on my book um case are from tashin they make beautiful products um but yeah matty boy i'm gonna throw it over to you mate when you were reading through this and maybe we should go into like kind of the premise of what george has said because there might be people who haven't read it I've got the uh, quote here from George. So George's quote verbatim is, I had planned for the first trilogy, the OT, to be about the father, the second to be about the son, and the third trilogy to be about the daughter and the grandkids. Episodes 7, 8, and 9 would take ideas from what happened after the Iraq war. He says, okay, you fought the war, you killed everybody, now what are you going to do? Rebuilding afterwards is harder than starting rebellion or fighting the war. When you win the war and you disband the opposing army, what do they do? The stormtroopers would be like Saddam Hussein's Ba'athist fighters that joined ISIS and kept on going. 
Um, so basically saying that they want to be stormtroopers forever. They go to a far corner of the galaxy, start their own country in their own rebellion. There's a power vacuum. So gangsters like the huts have taken advantage of the situation. The key person, this is what George Lucas says, the key person is Darth Maul, who had been resurrected in the Clone Wars cartoons. He brings all the gangs together. He's very old, and we have two versions of him. One is with a cybernetic legs, like a spider. And then uh, later on, he has metal legs, and he's a little bit bigger. So Darth Maul was going to take over where the Empire fell. Maul was going to rise up as the godfather of crime, as George Lucas referred to him. His sidekick, his apprentice, would be a female Twi'lek, or Twi'lek, called Darth Talon, who was introduced in the Dark Horse comics in about the mid-noughties. So she, so she was going to be like the Darth Vader figure and Maul was going to be the overarching big bad guy. Luke was going to be rebuilding his Jedi Academy. Leia was trying to wrestle control from the gangsters to form the New Republic and, you know, bring peace finally to the galaxy. Uh, and as it would turn out, she did that and she would she became the Supreme Chancellor and ended up, George said she was the chosen one. Uh, I take that in a different way than some others have taken, but we'll mention that. So basically, Maul was going to be the mm. big bad. Darth Talon was going to be the Vader. Luke was going to be making his uh, Jedi Academy. And Leia was going to be striving to uh, lead the New Republic and take the control away from the gangsters. So that was the long and short of it, basically. And uh, George Lucas said he wanted to tell a more original story with the sequel trilogy. He didn't want to just do the same as he did in the other trilogies. Now, some might say that is a swipe at what Disney have done. I'm not entirely sure that is, but I can see it certainly is an original take, you know, not having an emperor coming back, but having more come back. And of course that changes the dynamic completely of canon as we know it. But my thoughts when I heard this was, um, incredulous at the first idea that you know Maul would be leading the whole thing so he'd be absent for the OT whatever he was up to up coming up with his gangs and then spring into action fine Darth Talon right you know well, I mentioned her I'll get more into Darth Talon shortly for whatever Luke and Leia that side of it no problems with that because that sounds about right so upon first hearing it I was like I'm not entirely sure this works but I've done some reading into it and other thoughts have come but you were very excited by this weren't you man yeah it, it just screamed exciting to me like it just seemed like there was some thought in it it seemed actually maybe maybe it was almost like a placebo effect because i was like oh this is from george so you know mm-hmm. in a yep. lot of ways this is it you know kind of but the Maul explanation, you know, like Darth Maul effectively being your big bad for the sequel trilogy, there is some nice link up there, you know, like from episode one, The Phantom Menace, to now the sequel trilogy. But mm, the explanation, like if you were a film goer and you were like, wait, hang on, I thought Darth Maul died in mm-hmm. that film I watched in 1999. Um, what's going on? Oh yeah, you have to go watch Clone Wars. What? 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 Like that kids' cartoon? Yeah. Now, I think there's two options of go. There's two ways of going around that. Is the one I just mentioned? Go back and watch Clone Wars, or they recreate the scene. Um, in in the sequel trilogy, they recreate something or tell the story 
somehow. And and there are storytellers out there that could do that, I think, quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, the thing that I took away from this, Matty Boy, is he had a plan for a trilogy yeah. for three films, not just one, 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 yeah. right? It was very loose, but it was better to have a loose plan than just throw everything together but from three different directions Mm -hmm. and i think that the the sequel trilogy we got there are some magical and absolutely incredible um memories from those you know and they are are really they are fond memories to me and i i hold them very dearly to my heart in in their own special way um but it's evident you know if palpatine was your villain from from the get-go for the sequel trilogy or always was for the whole saga, then, you know, I think there should have been a bit more of um, a hint at him in the last Jedi and Mm -hmm. uh, force awakens. But that's exactly the point. I'm complaining about something that is just so far beyond the reality of what happened Mm -hmm. that it's almost refreshing to see a plan that, although it's a bit crazy, it's a bit far-fetched in places. You can tell it's a coherent plan. It's like, no, George has sat down and said, well, this is your trilogy. Yep. You just got to figure out everything else. You know, these are the beats mm. you have to hit. I yep. like that, man. And it's a bit, it is a bit out there. The more stuff, I'm not sure about it. When I first read about it, I was like, oh man, this is crazy. This is like some really weird classic George Lucasian stuff. But that's kind of where I am at the moment. I loved, I loved the, and this might be a bit dark, but I loved the comparison to the um, ISIS fighters, the fighters joins, mm-hmm. joining ISIS. That's how you know it's a modern concept. And that was a big thing, you know, for a lot of our life, May Boy, you know, well, for all of our lives, the Middle East has been a big issue. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't remember a time when, that hasn't been an issue in the Middle East. My whole life, there has always been that on the news. Um, American, British, Western soldiers in the Middle East doing stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I think that's always what Star Wars has kind of been. There's, there's always been that kind of kind of very subtle commentary, but it's not too direct and it's not really too... It, it's, it's, very, it's very subtle, that kind of commentary. But there are my thoughts, mate. There are my, there are my initial thoughts. Therein lies Blylo Ren's thoughts. Well, it's interesting you mentioned structure, of course, because um, George basically had a decision to make. He had a he had a daughter on the way uh, at the time of coming up with this story, and he had now to decide whether he wanted to stay home, raise his daughter, and enjoy his life, as he said, or spend ten years creating this trilogy. Now, what I took from that was very interesting, as that's how uh, obviously the OT was slightly different, but and the PT as well, but. It, it, there wouldn't be there was there was a gestation period in between each film where it would have been three years per film, so we would have had one. We would have still been waiting on episode nine now, probably. So we wouldn't have had it every other year. We would have had it in twenty, let's say twenty fifteen, maybe twenty eighteen, maybe twenty twenty one. So we'd have had that long waiting sure. period. George would have been taking his time in between to probably come up pioneer some new techniques or spend three years doing visual effects which would have been a lot better than they were back in the day um so that's how i took it is that he would have spent you know three years in between each film again which 
Hey, I'm all for that because I, I like that. Yes, it's a long time to wait and it would have been in a different world. We wouldn't have had Mando and everything else potentially. We might have had something else to fill the time. But hey, if it would, if it was good, I'll wait. Same with the next trilogy we get. If we have to wait three years per film, we're kid. As long as it's good, uh, which the last one was. Um, so yeah, that uh, that's how I took that interesting. So he would have been spending like 10 odd years doing this and... You know, he's also he's always said that Luke was going to die in Episode Eight, so that was part of his trilogy. He also said he was going to explore the midichlorian world in one of them. So, not quite sure which trilogy he was going to settle on. But now, with Darth—that's <laughs> yeah. oh, the midichlorian world. What's he on about? The, but Darth Talon's an interesting one because then he would have been uh, really acknowledging the EU at the time, which was which was never got canon because they obviously different back then. There was different tiers. Uh, and she appeared in the Dark Horse Legacy series, which was set about 100 years after Return of the Jedi. So he would have been playing around with the timelines. But again, he's the maker and you can do what you want live action. Now, they've already done that now in, in the modern era. They've already that's done what that. I mean. There's, there's no issue of that as well. You, you tweak things to make it work for your films. That's the way it goes. And um, first thing I will say <laughs> is I'm not seeing anybody online complaining about this particular female being the one of the leads in a film. I don't know. I can't think why people aren't getting upset about this one. Maybe, you know, maybe look close at their pictures and people will see why. But that was something I found interesting <laughs> is a lot of people were really up for this idea. But Darth Talon, fine, is a, you know, she's an angry Twi'lek. Um, she, uh, I think her story is basically she was, she was Darth Crate's apprentice and um, she had to kill her old master. She lopped his head off and ended up being quite powerful in the dark side. And, Hey, look, if he was going to go to the well and pick characters out, great. And also, you know, having Maul and having a different type of villain now, not just the fact that she's a female villain, but the fact that the way she looked, she was, she was the new Vader, but a completely different type of character as well. But she, was, she looked bad to the bone without any kind of uh, remorse in her. So it would have been like a killing machine. So from that sense, there's a villain you can beat fear. So interesting. Uh, choice for a villain and look I'm all for it, it probably it could have been quite good um, again it all depends on how George pulled it off and of course it all comes down to that magic word execution hey. it, could have been, it could have been this could have been brilliant Darth Talon could have been spoken about as one of the greatest villains of all time or it could have been awful we'll, we'll never know of course but I'm just like the fact that he would have picked a pre-existing character in from the EU you know respecting that um, author's work or that uh, company's work so but more i don't know i don't know i like the idea of tying it in to things but you know obviously in the clone wars he established that he was a crime boss so would they have gone further with that um right. maybe that was setting the seeds right. i don't know but obviously without george luke without the disney takeover we don't get rebels as everyone knows we don't get the twin sons moment so more is still out there somehow and i'm sure you know had the clone wars was cancelled as a result of the takeover Let's say the takeover never happened. The Clone Wars continues. We probably get the seeds of this story of where he's at during the OT. So I'm sure George would have had it all planned out because he is a man who plans things out, whether that's for the best or not, because a lot of people obviously have issues with the sequel uh, prequels and how they, uh, how they were pulled off. But they were planned well. They were well planned and they were put yes. together well. Stories aside, they, they were good, well-planned films, weren't they, man? Yeah, the the overarching story of the of the prequels is absolutely like awesome yeah. in the true sense of the word. Like it's so good, it's so good. 
so good. See, yeah, Danny Boy knows. Like it's it it, it just is. Um, it's just you know some of the things. It's just some of the other things like might have let it down for some people. But I grew up with the prequels and I love them. They're the they're the reason I'm a big Star Wars fan, really, because I'm part of that generation. And I know you are too, yeah, man. Boy, you know, so it's 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 all about that. The, the, listen, I have another thought on this. This and this could be seen as I don't mean it to be, but this could be seen as a wee bit cynical. Um, Here we go. Yeah. Was George just rushing through? Because there are there are things that like totally make sense about this premise, this kind of plot for a sequel trilogy about Luke, about about Leia, and about yeah. about like a new female character Jedi. You know, I think that's included in this story as well. Even from uh, back then, there was going to be like a, a young girl Jedi to rise. There was always going to be like the the granddaughter, or the daughter, wasn't it? So there's always going to be a female protagonist as well. Yes, which is which again is pretty cool. But like I think um part of me is like, yeah, did he just rush this script? Did he just quickly come up with, well, I need a did villain? He just make it up. I need a villain. <laughs> well, yeah, that is what he's doing. That is literally what he's doing. He is just making like what he's done with the whole universe. He's literally just making it up. And so Plus everyone he had those up. other iterations we know about, let's not forget. So uh, this is another yeah, treatment. yeah he, probably, he may have had like four or five who knows but yeah i listen i bet there was i bet there was let's look back at original trilogy and prequel trilogy you know there are decisions that george made where, where he was like look oh this was going to happen and that was going to happen but then when we changed it you know one thing i always talk about it's something very it's something very subtle and really it doesn't matter yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very face value. But Mace Windu in the Phantom Menace had a blue lightsaber. Yes, he did. You don't, you don't see it or anything, but it was never it was never a plan for him to have a purple lightsaber. It was never a plan to fill that reason in as well, he uses the dark side, but it's still a goodie, so therefore purple lightsaber. Yet that wasn't that wasn't part of George's plan. Mace Windu, Samuel Jackson just wanted a purple lightsaber because he he stand out, him, because he's an absolute legend and he wanted he wanted one. And George's like, yeah, we can give you purple. Literally, that's it. Yeah, that's so, it. That yeah. is the story. Yeah, we can give you purple. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can do that. Yeah, so part of me is a bit like, look, was this just right? We're going to make it Darth Maul. Just, I'm, I'm going to just drop that in just because, you know, that's a name yeah. and everyone knows it. I'm, I'm still firmly in the camp of Plagueis. Sequel trilogy. Should have mm-hmm. been about yep. Plagueis, man. Should have been about Plagueis. And that ties everything together. But again, I think more was a bit of a placeholder. I just get that vibe a little bit. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I think this was kind of just hashed together. Cause a lot of it was, is almost obvious. Like we always knew Luke was going to make a, a new Jedi order, Jedi Academy. We got that in a sequel trilogy. It's mentioned in the sequel trilogy. We don't see it happen, right? We see it after that's happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of get placeholder vibes. Do you think that's fair? Um, I do kind of. Again, I, I, but George is a storyteller. You don't just go. You don't just come up with one story treatment in your spare time. He probably came up with a few. Hence the midichlorian stuff and all the other things he came up with. But yeah, Maul does seem to come out of left field because it does. Uh, without again, without knowing, without twenty twenty vision, 
it does seem to come out of left field and mean that there was an awful lot of backstory which needed to be filled in. We always say, where was where was a Socross, for example, during the OT? Where was Ezra or whoever? Do you know what I mean? It, you get that question of Maul as well, especially if he's like heading up the crime syndicates, yeah. of which we saw one of the biggest ones in the in Return of the Jedi with the Huts. So there would have been that they'd have to fill in. So it, it, I see what you mean. I would have like in any sequel trilogy, whether it is this this iteration of Lucas or even the one we got, I would have actually just preferred, even if we didn't get Plagueis, just to have Kylo Ren be the bad guy. He doesn't need a master. He is the man. Um, just have him. As the boss, you know he, you know he doesn't have anyone above him. He's the boss. That's what I would, so just having that because it changes up the dynamic. You don't have the the master and the apprentice type thing. It's just I'm the boss. Deal with it. And Adam Driver could absolutely pull it off, as we know. So that would have been pretty cool. But um, with the with the Luke stuff, we probably would have seen more of Luke building his academy. So we, we would have seen that for sure. Uh, Leia, that is the obvious one. George even said, you know, who else was gonna who else was gonna rebuild the Republic? Han, huh? uh, oh. Leia leading the new republic i i that makes sense and again we probably would have seen more politics um so, whether george would have learned from the prequels mistakes in terms of how they pulled those off because i love star wars politics it's just how well they're done so we would have definitely would have seen that and I, for me how i interpreted him saying that leia was going to be the chosen one was that you know anakin was the one to, to bring an end to the sith but because maul wasn't a sith at the time talon wasn't a sith uh, well, she was in the EU. Would George have made a one? Maybe. I still think Anakin was the chosen one, but because Leia managed to unite the galaxy on a political level and uh, and obviously everything that drips down on a human level, then that does kind of make her, you know, she was a chosen one for the galaxy because she united everybody. Whereas obviously Anakin, what he did years before, cleansed a lot of the evil. Le- Leia was to sort of, she went around with the glue and the polyfiller, thus meaning that she was, Ooh. in essence, the chosen one. And I think, and I, so, so in, there, there are two ways to interpret it. Anakin still become, remains that, but Leia, for the she is the people's in the people's eyes, she's the chosen one. Well, it's interesting when we go back in like Star Wars history. You know, the terminology of the chosen one is never used in the original trilogy. <laughs> no, it's not. Not once. It's a prequel thing. Yep. And it's hinted at in the sequels, you know, in Rise of Skywalker. You know, Anakin says to um, Ray at the end, you know, bring balance to the force like I did. Yeah. Um, and I have my own uh, separate opinions on that. But I think, I think you could interpret this a couple of ways. And yeah, I think man. actually George would, or whoever, um, would have time to kind of, look at this a couple ways you could be like well chosen one was the one a family you know was it you know this this lineage as opposed to just anakin because again without anakin you wouldn't have all of those um you wouldn't have leia luke and everyone doing their own thing the 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 grandkids doing their thing Mm -hmm. you know none of that would have been uh possible without anakin in the first place um and you could look at it other ways like anakin killing the emperor luke re you know rejuvenating and and regenerating the the uh jedi order um and also leia politically bringing stability to the galaxy and this idea that the whole trilogy is about that challenge you know because all of those things are not easy things they don't just happen after after you know 
overnight. Um, Endor happens, the celebrations around the galaxy happen, and two weeks later, everyone's happy and hunky-dory. No, that's not how it works, and that's not real life. Um, Everyone, I saw a video recently about how people say, that's right, it was a quote actually from the new season of The Crown. I really really like The Crown, actually. And um, it's about, there's a bit, spoilers for The Crown, but, you know, it's a Star Wars podcast, isn't it? Um, But they talk about uh, Charles and Diana, their wedding and stuff, and they talk about how, well, the fairy tales usually lead up to the wedding, and then after the wedding, it's, and they live uh, happily ever after. That's it. Whereas, actually, the real story is after that. You know, the real story is always after the wedding. Yep. You know, that's the story. That's the that's the meat. Yeah. Everything else is like the seasoning and stuff and getting ready for every, everything else. But the meat, no, nah, mate. That's that's the wedding. And I get the feeling that's what that's what really could have been with George's vision for the sequel trilogy. And to a certain extent, I think that's still f- in some ways fair of the sequel trilogy we got. Like I love the sequel trilogy, it's great, but it's by no means perfect. Uh, but I just get the feeling the scope of this was massive, massive. Like just describing those things George described—that's huge. Yep. But I, and, and and purely because it's that big, I think then yeah, you can kind of get away with that chosen one prophecy being kind of um, played around with a little bit because from a after certain all, point of view, yes, from a f- certain point of view, because after all, the prophecy was misinterpreted probably yeah that's what yoda said in a snack in um revenge of the Sith. i was about to say a snack in the clothes but i Your just want tacos that. on the brain you're right man love it mate but yeah yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts i think there's enough room for that kind of thing but it, it just from a practical standpoint i think it would have been hard to have done i do think that you know with an older mark camel Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. How how would you do that? You know, I know Marvel kind of like led the way with the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, de-aging thing and Luke uh, ILM have done tremendous work on, on that sort of technology and we've reaped the benefits of that in the Disney era. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if this would have been actually as well, dare I say, Matty Boy, executed as uh, one... One might have hoped for as, uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Take it away, mate, boy. Well, that's well. it. Well, no, um, it's just that obviously the, the, the nostalgic vibes and the, and the reverence that we all hold for Lucas because what he gave us makes me, you know, it always makes me think I would love to have seen George's sequel trilogy just so we had one through nine, you know, written, you know, directed by George Lucas, obviously Kirshner and Mark Wand as well, but written it all with Lucas's involvement. Obviously, I would just to see how they tie in and like visually and thematically, and it would and obviously what George bought his kind of playfulness, his uh, obviously his knowledge of the galaxy, his want to expand on technology and the law and the new things he would have given us in terms of ships and weapons and species and planets. But of course, I would love to have seen that. I would absolutely love to have seen that because it's George, isn't it? It's the maker. Sure. Who, who wouldn't? And. Uh, obviously st- things like this when they come out um a lot of into the internet and youtube are, are telling me that this would have been brilliant this would have been flawless because george did it um obviously it, that's not the case you know 
we the, the prequels weren't flawless because George did it. The OT certainly wasn't flawless because George did it um, and was involved in pretty much all of that. There, you know, the man is—he's a man. He, you know, he's not always it, just because his touch is on something isn't going to be great all the time. But it would have been wicked to have seen. I'm not going to lie. Not because not because I want the sequel trilogy to be scrubbed from canon. Absolutely not. Uh, I love those films for the most part, uh, and Episode Nine. But I would have loved to have seen what Lucas could have done just for that kind of nostalgic vibe in me and the OCD in me as well to have one through nine being by Lucas. But we didn't get that. And I'm certainly not going to complain about it because what we did get, like you said, was had some wonderful moments in it, wonderful memories, wonderful characters and world building and lore. We always say broken record, but that build up to The Force Awakens and opening night and... I mean, it's just, it, that's wonderful. Of course, we would have got something like that with, with Lucas, maybe even tenfold because it had his name attached to it. But we got what we got and I'm so pleased that we did. And I wouldn't want, and I, yes, there are the Skywalk we've had our issues with, but we can't change it and I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? As much as we say, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. I'm not a screenwriter. We have what we have now. It's canon. Let's just deal with it and move on with it. I'm not going to yeah. say I would rather have had George's vision. But hearing it, oh, cool, I would have loved to have, I would have loved to have just seen him what yeah. he could have done, even with Maul in it. Isn't it? It's, it it's, is. It's curiosity. It's, it's good for the in- intrigue, isn't it? What would an older, like a, an, an OAP Darth Maul get on, on the old galactic bus? How would that have been? What would Darth Talon have been like in, in, in live action? Would she have, you know, been portrayed as she was in the comics? Would she have been different? How would they have brought her over? What would she have sounded like? What was her fighting style like? What kind of threat mm. would she be? Because in the comics, she was a threat. You know, she was, and she look. She looks cool. She's got that Maul-esque vibe to her. She's a, I said, she's a um, a certain type of toy licker. I think it's like a lethan or something like that. Very rare in the galaxy where they have red skin. Yeah. You know, it looks pretty imposing. Also, also known as she looks like Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. It would have looked cool, uh, for, you know, visually on screen to have so, those two together. But certainly her fighting because we haven't seen anything like that. We've seen um, Ula get eaten in Return of the Jedi. That Twi'lek, Twi'lek. And we've sort of seen Hera in uh, animated non-video games, but we've never really seen uh, other than Jian in The Mandalorian, played by Natalie Tenner. We've never seen a real Twi'lek in live action, certainly one in action, like with a lightsaber going like, like Wolvie Berserk on everyone. So that would have been pretty cool. But yeah, it's, you know, we're never going to know, but it's fun for the intrigue. George said he was also wanting to dive into the wills more. So we'd have had the the story of the wills going off and on in the background. So that's a massive part of the storytelling of Star Wars. So we would have it, there was an awful lot going on. Who knows what's going on with Han, Chewie, everything else? We we don't know. George didn't mention that. It's interesting more than anything else, mate, isn't it? And do you? I mean, is, do you kind of agree with what I say there, or are you just kind of thinking, well, you know, it is just fun here, saying it's not that intriguing. I think it's intriguing and I think it's it's fun to speculate about it too because George is just such he's just got such creative head you know and brain and such a like, vision you know this is all from that little brain of his and you know, I'm just grateful for that storytelling you know and we have so many talented people around the world you know George is just one of those guys and also although saying that I'm so grateful for what we have now. You know, I'm so grateful for the Mandalorian, Rogue One, Solo, the sequels, The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. Force Awakens, man, and even Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. You know, Han and Kylo scene, man. 
May, you know, there's there's so much spice, so much spice, and uh, I'm just very glad, really, to to to, to end this kind of main topic for me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that George chose to go down the family route to have spend more time with his daughter and his and his wife, and because uh, that's the whole point of Star Wars. That's it, man. That's the whole point of it is family, and yeah. I I respect that. He did kind of one of the most Star Warsy things ever by making that choice and actually saying, do you know what? These stories need to be told. Future stories need to be told, but I can't do it. I don't have time because my family need me. So I'm going to put this into trusting hands and that's what we've got. And because of that, every Friday morning, I wake up like a crazy person and watch The Mandalorian as soon as it's dropped. <laughs> That's yeah. it, mate. We do in our Star Wars lounge pants, cup of tea, and whatever breakfast That's we decide it. to have. And at the end of the Mandalorian, based on based on Star Wars by George Spot Lucas, Spawn, so mate. George's then yeah, I, I agree. Family first for George. Ten years making a, a trilogy of this size would have been, you know, what the, the weight on his shoulders would have been even bigger than the prequels because this is a new original story. We know how we know obviously some of the prequel issues that that he that he faced and. He probably didn't want to go through that again either. Do you know what I mean? Let's face it. Yeah, for sure. Probably didn't want to do that again, man. So, you know, yeah, respect for wanting to, you know, go the family route. And that always comes first because these are films in the end of the day, films and law that we hold up more than most, but family first. And like you said, it's the most Star Wars thing that he could have done. So it looks like we're both intrigued, but we're happy with what we got. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Any kind of Star Wars chat that involves anything Lucas-related or a new story always makes me thirsty, man. And it just so happens to be that we've parked up outside our favourite little drinking hole. It's the Bantina, shall we? Oh, let's do it. (laughs) Yes, as we do each week for those new to the show, we sit down with the greatest listeners in the galaxy, which is you guys, and have a few Kef beers and take uh, your thoughts on our main discussion. So your thoughts this week on the uh, Lucas sequel trilogy idea that we got. Yes, absolutely. And to kick us off, it is amazing artist. Go follow him on Instagram. His work is incredible. Luke Tobias. He starts us off with this comment and he says i wish that they had followed his plan when i heard about his idea for the sequels i was so disappointed we didn't get to see it it makes so much sense that maul would have returned would have been amazing i'm just thankful for mando Mm. nice nice comment to uh start the little spice train here, Lukey boy. And next, uh, talk, talking of spice train, this guy has a whole carriage to himself. And guess where it is? Somewhere in Austria. It's burnt. Let's hear him. Hey, lads. Bernie from Austria here. Question of the week time. I would have preferred any of George's versions. I mean, he is the maker. It's his universe and his characters. In my opinion, Lucasfilm chose the wrong creative people to shoulder the sequel trilogy. Just look what can happen when people who get Star Wars are in charge. Best examples in the last few months, Clone Wars Season 7 and The Mandalorian. Thanks guys, take care. 
Oh man, I love that guy. <laughs> you get so, so many much. great voices on this show. His accent is absolutely awesome in it. It's so good. I love it. I absolutely love it. And Bernd, your your opinions go along with your uh, spicy accent. I, I get it, mate. I get it. And I think a lot of people are in agreement with you. You know, a lot of people would love to see George Lucas continue his story. Um, but awesome comment, mate. Awesome comment. That's it. I agree. For, I agree for the most part. I think JJ and Ryan and everyone else on board, Kath, I think they get they get Star Wars. They just don't get planning, and that was the problem. Yes. You know, we, when yeah. the Force Awakens came out, yeah, people were saying it was a rehash, but nobody was saying that this isn't Star Wars. I don't get it. We knew this was Star Wars, so I think it was just a poor planning, man. And Mando and the Clone Wars season seven, like you say, has has shown the way that th- this is the way. That if you sit down and you know plan things out, this is what you get, and we reap the benefits from it. So thank you, mate. So from one wonderful accent to another, it's the Belgian Bond, Dibsky King. He said, "I loved Talon in the Legacy series. Anything by George would have been great story-wise. Dave Filoni is the closest thing to George we have, and look how incredible the Mandalorian is. Leia as a Jedi is my favourite thing in the Rise of Skywalker, and I would have loved to have seen more of that." Uh, good shout there, Dimsky, mate, and more love for the Mando as well. Uh, and we also got a uh, voice message for a first voice message from the legend known as Findor Moon. So let's hear what you had to say. Hey, Star Wars Sessions. Uh, super glad to be on here. Uh, Matt, Luke, glad that, you, um, that you've got this set up to where we can all uh, talk, even though we're across the pond. I'm here in America uh, in North Carolina. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I love listening to it. It's one of the, one of the, one of the things I look forward to every single week as far as Star Wars content, uh, goes. So, um, but on the topic of George Lucas's original plan for the sequel trilogy, gosh, it's so, it's such a, a wild and interesting thing to think about and then the involvement of Darth Talon. I, I think it would have been an interesting story, although I've, I'm pretty pleased with what we got in the sequel trilogy because I'm a big uh, fan of the sequel trilogies. Thank you so much for for having me uh, on here. I'm glad that I got to to share a little bit. Uh, love you guys' podcast. Keep it up. Stay spicy, my friends. What a king. Uh and oh. also, Findor, also, the, the message he sent in was, it was longer than that, and it was full of so much good stuff about Maul, the crime gangs, how it ties into the Clone Wars, how that would have tied in with this new story, um, and a lot more on, on George and how you know, he would have handled writing this. So it was a fabulous, fabulous message, Findor, and we really, really enjoyed listening back to it, to the point where we were kind of cut up that we had to cut it up a little bit but honestly mate thank you so much for your kind words at the beginning there we appreciate your ears and we appreciate you taking the time to give your opinion and we, we're kind of on board with what you're saying there dude is that hey it would have been interesting but we kind of do like what we got as well yeah for sure for sure couldn't couldn't agree more with that mate and uh again i love hearing all the different accents man it, it really is cool. really is it really is a pleasure to see just the global Star Wars community, we and, and that we've got a little tiny slice of that, um, a, a slice of spice pie, st- sp- 
slice of Star Wars spice pie. <laughs> he's, he's, he's reaching, he's getting there. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm expanding it. Right, what other rest can I add on to it? No, uh, thank you so much for sending that in, guys. That was awesome. Yep, and we've got so many more comments um, relating to this, and an awful lot of them were supportive of the idea. A lot of them were quite interested by the idea. Some said they would have much preferred what George gave us. A few people said they did prefer what we got, but the consensus of our of the opinion was more skewed to interested to what George could give us. Um, mm. But Findor, we kind of sit with you there. That It would have been great to see, but we have what we have, so let's roll with it. But everyone, thank you so much for sending your thoughts in and your written responses. If we didn't get to you this week, please do keep sending them in and we'll get as many as we can on in the shows in the future. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be... So good. Best podcast. Best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that, man. I can't get over. So good. <laughs> what a beefcake. What an absolute tank. We love him. Uh, right, so the uh, Patreon section of the Bantina, where the patrons uh, support who support us, uh, monthly get to ask us a cheeky question uh, once a month and to uh, kick us off it is none other than the mankalorian himself the northern lad adrian surely let's hear it my boy john williams made music an undeniable part of the dna of star wars respect for every era of his work is unified across the fandom but the maestro is deservedly retired Initially, Rogue One and Solo followed his blueprint, calling on his themes and motifs where appropriate to push the nostalgia buttons, with a similar approach taken by Kevin Kiner for Clone Wars and Rebels. But recently, in Fallen Order and Squadrons, Williams's themes have been used much more sparingly, and not even included at all on the soundtrack releases. Meanwhile, The Mandalorian has its own brilliant thing, but it's now entering the nostalgia territory, bringing in what we could call saga characters. How important is it to you for moments such as the impending arrival of Ahsoka we see Goranson incorporate the themes already established for those characters to trigger the nostalgia? Her theme is amongst the most beautiful in all of Star Wars. And as we move possibly to other eras, do you think the playbook of themes and motifs should be completely wiped clean? Or would you be happy if, as was the way in the era of Legends games like KOTOR, we still got the Force theme at appropriate times or the Imperial March used, even if what we're seeing on screen is the Sith of a thousand years ago. Mancalorian out. Mancalorian. Mancalorian, you you (laughs) naughty little mank. Giving us those tones, mate. We love it. Um, Right, very... very, music orientated mm-hmm. question uh this month adrian i respect it i respect it um right i think one of the most refreshing things on the music scene <laughs> in star wars <laughs> uh was hands down the mandalorian it was so different yep. uh unexpected i remember listening to it the first episode a year ago mate a year <laughs> ago it was um, as we were all us in us Brits, you know, we're all uh, Johnny Depp's in old parts of the Caribbean at that time, and um, 
we watched the episode, and I was like, what music is that? And it, it was just awesome. And it just ended up being in my head. And even now, a year, a year later, you know, I've introduced Mandalorian to parts of my members of my family. My father-in-law, he says, bless him, he gets it up on YouTube, the Mandalorian theme. And he, he is a big fan of classical music. Yeah. He loves classical music. And my wife, is she loves classical music. She can actually sing some uh, nice. classical music, some opera. She's brilliant. She'll probably get all embarrassed that I've said that here, but I don't care, do Video I? Video or it never happened. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly, yeah. Um, it, one day, one day. <laughs> um, but in, in fact, she, she might be able to um, play uh, this little number one day. <laughs> Those Fallen Order vibes, mate. And speaking of which, mate. Fallen Order was released one year ago yesterday from the time, from the day of recording. So it's been a year since we've got Fallen Order. So that can play in as part of our one-year anniversary of that game. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just waiting around for my missus to sing just like that, like those guys. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. So, yeah, that was uh, Sugan Asena by The Who. Yes. Uh, and that's in the uh, combat arena in uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where Cal's taken on all, all kinds of beasts. That's it. I love it. I love it. The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer, we get Mongolian throat singing because that's the style of it, right? We get, again, Mongolian throat singing at the at the beginning of uh, Mando Season 2. And, oh, my days, I, I, am, I am hoping... I am so desperately hoping that we hear some Mongolian throat singing sort of theme song in Mando season two, because a few years ago, I would have gone, do you know what? Star Wars has a sound and that sound is John Williams, you know, and Michael uh, Giacchino, you know, kind of followed suit with that in Rogue One, made some gorgeous music, but again, it was Star Wars-y. Now, these new guys... Ludwig Göransson. Oh mate, he's just he's changed it up a little bit. Star Wars can be gritty. Star Wars can have the Mando theme in it and add some like trap hip hop vibes to it and it works. You know, in the in the chapter we just saw mate, chapter 11, right? The heiress of Mandalorian. There was some crazy music in there. Industrial like, sound <laughs> when the Mandos all came on and started laying waste to people. It was mental, mate. It was absolutely mental. I believe, Adrian, that Star Wars can go really experimental with its music. It can go really experimental and actually lead the way. Because that's what Star Wars is, man. It innovates. It sets the bar. It sets the example for everyone else. Star Wars music comes up, comes along and it just ch- it ch- it changed the world. You know, John Williams scored Star Wars, just changed the world and... I think we're 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 on the edge of that happening again. Um, so I'd love to see maybe the new films. And, and in regards to your the latter part of your question, you know the the Force theme I could see being reused and and done in other films. And actually, I think that would be fair. Imperial March, not so sure about. I'm not so sure about because the Imperial 
Imperials would have been long gone, long forgotten. But that's in my own head canon where I'm like, yeah, the, it, this is hundreds or maybe thousands of years after Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but phenomenal question, mate. Love that. Love that. Matty Boy, what are your thoughts on this, man? Well, Adrian always comes up with some inequality each and every week, whether that's to written social responses or voice messages. So um shouldn't be a surprise anymore. I said it from the Mancalorian. But um, to ask you a question about the themes, should they use themes for uh, returning characters? I'd hope so. It depends on how much importance Dave Filoni and John Favreau place in the themes themselves. But judging by their eye for detail so far, I can't imagine they'd overlook something like this. It would it would be incredible to hear the themes again in this format because it would add greater validation to that wider canon and makes everything feel connected, i.e. Ahsoka's theme. Like you mentioned, lovely bit of music. Who's to say that Gorenson can't weave it in somehow, some way, shape or form? So when it comes on, it's there in the background. Do you know what I mean? Or if, Luke's, if, if, if Luke Blywalker gets you know his mm-hmm. wish comes true and Luke Skywalker himself appears so always mentioned you <laughs> kind of got to hear the force theme because if Luke if if a if Luke Skywalker appears in a in this episode of the Mandalorian over in the next few years and a different piece of music accompanies him cool but it would it kind of just seems like the two kind of go hand in hand now so I think some are inescapable certainly in the film sense Ahsoka that would be great for us Star Wars fans if we heard her theme Boba Fett as well, same if, you know, if, if he comes in and does something, if we hear a bit of the Boba theme in the background. Great, because Goranson can work it in and I have full faith that that man can make it happen. So I'd like to think they'd do it, just just, just so we can hear it in the back, just so we've got that uh, connection to the characters and, you know, we've seen them before in other mediums. Why, so the short answer is why wouldn't they? But at the same time, like you said, Ludwig Goranson is so innovative, he can he could create, he could smash two bricks together and I'd be like, this is brilliant. I love this. And I dig it. And John Powell as well on Solo. Shout out to John Powell, because some of the things he gave us in Solo were great. That score's really grown on me. Like the, the classic Hollywood themes, like Lando's Closet, and the kind of um, uh, Eastern or African-influenced um, songs, sc- uh, scores revolving Savarine as well. Some of those are quite bonkers. So he went out of the wheelhouse a bit, Ooh. whereas Giacchino was stunning. But a lot more reverential to John Williams. He did have a lot less time, to be fair. Yeah. Powell has taken it somewhere yeah. else, and Giacchino's obviously gone somewhere else. So I'd like uh, um, Ludwig Goranson, sorry. So I'd like to think they would do. And in terms of the themes in future films, this is this particular phrase is going to come up again in a minute. But I was thinking of this over the past weekend, before reading this question. Genuinely, hundred percent. Before reading this question, I, I, I was washing up at the sink and thinking, in in the new films that they do whether that's set before or after this Skywalker saga, are they going to use the main theme or are they going to try and create a new iconic theme? I don't know. I, I, that just got me. I was like, the crawl, fine. I probably, we probably won't see that again. But will they use the Star Wars fanfare? I don't know. I'd like to think that certain th- um, themes will always be alluded to within a motif, like I mentioned with Goranson, slipping in maybe Ahsoka's theme when we see her. doesn't have to be blaring out, but just, just you know, put it in there, allude to it. Well, kind of like also how we saw uh, the Imperial March when we saw Vader's mask in The Force Awakens. It wasn't subtle, but it was short and sweet and just enough there to be like, yep, that you know that that brings back the feels. I to be honest, mate, I I think they're going to give us a new theme if we get new films like a new saga, a new trilogy. I think we're going to get a new theme. Uh, you know how what they do with that whether they preview it beforehand and like put it out online and be like this is the new thing guys check it out or they wait for us to sit in the theaters if we ever have them again and have that blasting out 
I don't know. I, I think they're going to go with a new theme, mate. Would I like to see the old themes incorporated? Like Luke said, where it works, like the Imperial March, you know, worked in KOTOR, but I'm not so sure about it. I think they can give us new themes. The fanfare, though, I think they're going to move away from that, which is quite sad to say, but that was a hell of a question, Adrian, so thank you very much. And everyone listening, what do you think about that? Are we going to get new themes going forward, including a new opening fanfare? Will they use existing themes in the old film, in the new films? And in The Mandalorian, is Ludwig Göransson going to incorporate themes from legacy characters? What do you guys think? Let us know. Um, so thank you for that, Adrian. And the same goes for all of our questions, guys. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Next up is from, wow, a man. He's called AJ. Anthony Joshua shares that nickname. And this guy likes to fight too. It's Alex Jessup. He <laughs> asked us, you're both minding your own business, having a bit of spotchka in the Bantina, when the mining collective, out of nowhere, barge into the Bantina and they're spoiling for a fight. Luckily, you have managed to squeeze every single Star Wars character from every medium in there on this occasion. So which two characters are you choosing to join you in taking on the Mining Collective? Nice one, Jessup, uh, coming out swinging once once again. I've gone for two answers here, non-Force users and Force users. So for non-Force users, Bo-Katan. Did you see her last week? Yes, Bo-Katan absolutely schooled those fools left, right and centre. Even Mando was watching like, you know, I'm going to stand back and let you handle this. And um, and let's go for Iden Versio. No one's going to get past those two. Absolute units. So Bo and Versio are my non-Force user team. And for Force users, really quite simple for me, Vader, just so he can go all Rogue One hallway moment on them. And, oh. and Palpatine, because even if the Mining Collective take him down, somehow he will return. There's my answers, mate. What about you, man? So... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Naughty boy. I like it. Uh, all right, so uh, n- right, non-force user um, Lando, because I reckon he's going to t- try and help us uh, chit chat our way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, he's a little, he's he's naughty it's boy, isn't he? You know, he's, he's he's a naughty boy, you know, and uh, probably Chewy because he could just punch everyone like Jessup. <laughs> Let's give him give him a cheeky punch, whack. Um, and to be honest, mate, uh, force users. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit of a spicy one. Uh, I'm going to say Ray and Kylo because they got that. They got that dynamic duad going on. They got that <laughs> force duad, that dynamic duad, like Ludacris and Justin Bieber had back in the day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good callback. So, eh? Right. Yeah. That you. Can, that's how they made all those tracks. <laughs> That's how many they they were like late at night. Hello, and they'd be like all around all around, <laughs> and then they're like, right, there we go, next single. Lud- done, Ludacris mate. passed Finished. a beat through the force to Bieber. Yes, yeah. When I was thirteen, <laughs> I had my first love. <laughs> oh, I love it. I never thought. Hey, listen, I never thought I'd quote Luda. On a Justin Bieber song on Star Wars, you've sessions, done it. But there we go; it's happened. You've done it. It's we've done it, guys. We've done it's it. Ninety episodes, but we've done it. Yeah, there we go. That was the whole goal of this show. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. But no, I love it. Love it. It's a spicy question, yeah, AJ. Man. Always bringing the filth, Alex. Always. Yep. So, guys and girls out there, let us know your two. What two characters? Which would you choose to help us take on the mining collective? 
you can go full force or maybe some left field choices but let us know cheers Alex yes and last but not least for this very spicy edition of the Bantina it is our boy George Constantino let's hear him hey Matt hey Luke all the patrons hope you're all good Uh, my question is the child given that he's 50 going on 51 do you think that he had allies perhaps maybe even a protector before the Mando uh, season one episode one reason being possibly Ahsoka might be aware that he already exists uh, given that they're establishing their relationship uh, relationship together and making them quite connected it'd be interesting if someone comes in that knows the child more than the Mando does and surprises him just a thought see what you guys think sweet mate 50 going on 51 50 going on 51 love it mate love it Georgie boy love that message um do you know what I'll level with you, mate. It's not something I've given much thought to until now. Really? No, I, I've just kind of, just like, yeah, just baby, isn't he? Like, I, I've not sat there and thought, what's what's he been doing for ages? He's fifty year, years old. Like, it sounds stupid. Like, I've I've seen the comments. I don't, I know he was around in the prequels. I know that. But it just, I just. Didn't give it much thought. What if he was in the Jedi Temple? What if he was in the Jedi Temple and Ahsoka's the one who saved him or something? Or, or someone saved him and dropped him off somewhere. They did They did a baby twin Skywalker dump somewhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right here, Put have a kid. Craigslist. All right, that's it. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, that's it, Craigslist. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good question. Well... Really, of course, he should. He would have had a protector. He would have had some sort of guardian, someone feeding him, someone doing something. Because, you know, the kid nearly dies a lot, right? You're right. No, you're right. <laughs> he kind of, yeah, he, he's very inquisitive, isn't he? So I think, yeah, there could definitely be a connection there. And it could be a Jedi. It could be a Jedi. Um, I think it's more likely to be no ones, though. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think it's more likely to be no ones. Um, it's really interesting to see what happens in the canon with this, to be honest. Like, how they're going to fill that that gap in. Mm-hmm. But um, there are my initial thoughts, mate, because I don't know if it's going to be Ahsoka, to be honest. I, I'm sure we might even find out in a couple of weeks, which in <laughs> itself is mental. It's wicked, isn't it? Perhaps Never would have thought that. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe in the coming weeks we might find out the answer to this question. What if Ahsoka's like, oh, and then says his name. Oh, it's Craig. No, I've just <laughs> it's Craig's Craig. list. That's why Craig. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's Craig's list. Yeah, but um, no, it'll be like, oh, it's little baby David. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? I, yeah, they'll be like, I thought I left your Mimban. And he'll be like, what? Yeah, but um, I don't think there's going to be an Ahsoka connection, but maybe a Jedi one. Maybe a Jedi one. It's a, it's an excellent question. 
Yeah, man. Uh, Georgie Boy. Georgie Boy is like a tsunami of spice, isn't he? It's like the amount of stuff, fountain of yeah, filth, like the amount of stuff this guy comes out with in, in our DMs. It's incredible, and I genuinely mean that. He's always got such wicked um, ideas or thoughts that have me thinking. Do you know what, mate? I hadn't thought about that, but as with the question that Adrian posed, I genuinely tell you right now. I swear in anything that I hold dear to me, I thought of this today. About two hours later, Georgie Boy sent the voice message through because I'm watching Man no on episode one. I'm thinking, how did he? How did Baby get in the hands of these Nicktoes and these bad guys? And where was he before this? You know, why? Why did the Empire want him? How do they know about him? You know, it just sort of dawned on me. Now we've got like more of a, we know more about the child and that, and we've kind of grown even more um, accustomed to him and bonded with him. But going back to watch the pilot, it was just kind of. Like, Where's he been? Not in like in a story sense because he's a baby, but like, where did he come from before? Who had him? Uh, did he have someone looking after him? How did these guys get hold of him? How did the Empire know about him? I think that today, and then we got this, and it was like, do you know, only like you know, only think of a word or something, and then you drive past a billboard like five hours later, it's on the billboard. It was one of those kind of weird moments. So, um, I've been thinking about it today. I don't have an answer, obviously, but I've been thinking about this all day. I was like, where did the question of where did he come from is obviously going to be it's surely that's going to be answered i'm sure they'll kind of say something about his backstory or his origin somehow so but it, it really sort of what played on my mind today it's like where how did he get onto this planet and into the hands of these bad dudes so it's really really interesting you mentioned that georgie boy who's also a local boy huh it's really interesting you bring that up and it's something which i do think we're going to get answered whether it's this season but we're going to get it are they setting up any kind of connection with ahsoka I mean, the door's there for Sousa. I hope, I hope not, just because it, it, you know, we always say it. It makes the galaxy, it shrinks the galaxy to have somebody connected to a mate, something major that's going on in the story. To have then say, oh, Ahsoka, oh, she knew about it all along. Uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather yeah. her kind of be like, well, hold on, this this little geezer's been around the whole time. Okay, we and he's he's like a little Yoda. I remember Yoda. He was the Grandmaster of all Jedi. Right, we need to keep this guy safe. That the the element of surprise that can come from her not not knowing will be great. So I hope that they don't. If they do, fine, because I'm sure they'll explain it away well. I have full faith, and I've mentioned that so many times that John uh, Favreau will be able to write a story that had a connection with Ahsoka of need to be. I'm sure they'd be able to handle it, and I'd listen to it and be like, "Makes sense, actually. Fair dues. Okay, great." Yeah. I can't wait to get an answer for this. Whether we do anytime soon, I don't know. But I've been thinking about this today, mate, and. I think it's a really, really interesting idea because like, we had the Camino dude, uh, Dr. Pershing, from that pilot episode, or mm. the second episode, sorry, with the Camino cloning on, and he's about the same age as Anakin, um, Baby O, which doesn't mean anything, but he's always been around from the, from the fall of the Republic, the rise of the Empire, the fall of the Empire. Without knowing it, he's seen some stuff, so I'd love to know where he's been this whole time. But anyone, again, I've said it for the last time, guys and girls out there, please let us know. If you've got any theories, because maybe that's an maybe that's an episode in itself. Where did this little guy come from? Where's he been? Cotton Eye Joe style. I'd love to know. And Georgie, boy, that is a fantastic, fantastic talking point you brought up there, mate. So thank you very much for that. Oh, mate. Love, love all the questions we got from our uh, cheeky patrons this week, mate, boy. Thank you so much for sending those in, guys. That's it. So uh, that is that for this weekly drinking round in the Bantina. Sorry about the mess, barman. We will be back, of course, next week to sit with you guys and sink a few more Kef beers. 
Star Wars Sessions game. Yep, you've heard the music. It's pretty self-explanatory what we're doing now. It's game time. It's my turn to host this week. Luke, would you like to know what you're playing this week? Oh, yes, please, Matty boy. It's pretty simple. It's called Mando or Mand No. I'm going to oh. give you the name of, uh, there's a few there, Mandalorians. But you need to tell me if they're actual Mandalorians from canon or legends, or if I just made these names up. Canon or legends? Yep. So does he basically, right. does this sound like something a Mandalorian would be called? Or has Matty Boy just completely made these up on the fly? Oh, all right, mate. Yeah, let's do it. Let's smash it. All right, cue the music. Good. Here we go. So the, the first Mandalorian you need to identify as being real or not is Cassor Quaid. Cassor Quaid. It's the Quaid bit that sounds familiar to me. So I'm going to go Mando. You'd be right in saying that. Cassor Quaid was around in the Old Republic time. So uh, Luke yes. knows his Mandos. Luke knows his Beskar. Uh. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a best guy boy, and I. So. <laughs> um, here we go. Second one. Is this person Amanda or not? Tagus Tolbert. Oh, when I hear that name, I just think of Port Talbot. To be honest, uh, Welsh. Yeah, so maybe he was a Welsh Mando. Um, I'm gonna say Mandon. Is it Mandon? Is that it, is it Mandon? Let's go, Man. No. Man, oh, man, no, man, no. That's it. So we're going for Tagus Holbeck, man, no. You're spot on. It is not a Mandalorian. Ooh. It's I've made that one up. Oh, oh, mate, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself a little but bit. Could this be the first ever perfect game we've ever had? Hundred oh, percent. Let's find let's out. Number three, Carolex Fairbolt. Oh, flaming it! That Carolex sounds mental. Fairbolt. Was that that sounds Mandalorian. It sounds so mental, but it also sounds like a Marvel Mandalorian. Like, yeah, I could see that in a comic book. I'm going to say Mando. Sure? Yeah. Man don't. Oh, no, man, no, it's not. I've made that one up. Oh. Carallax Fairbolt. So if anyone wants that, it's on me. So uh, oh. we're two for three. We'll to You'll see that in a couple of seasons in Mando. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see that. No writing credits coming our way. So yeah. we're two for three. The perfect game isn't on this week, but we can still get a good score. How about this one? A KV Spa. A KV Spa. A KV Spa. I'm going to say man, no. It's like a spa in a cave. Have a laugh. <laughs> but then yeah. again, this is Star Wars. So. Is Star Wars. We've got some funny names. Are we locking that one in? I'm locking that one in, mate. Unfortunately, that oh, is a man doe. No. Uh, KV Spa was also around in the Old Republic era. No. Yep, Clan Spa. Oh. <laughs> mate, that's mental. Oh, fair enough. I wouldn't mind a KV Spa. No. It's going. That's okay. up to the spa, the old uh, grocery store in the United Kingdom. Uh, okay, yeah. three more. Axe Woves. Axe Woves. I'm going to say Mando. I, that sounds familiar. Mando. Mando. 
You're right, my friend. In fact, Axe Wise was in the last episode of The Mandalorian. He was the Ooh. male. He was the geezer Mandalorian alongside Bo and um, Costco. Yes. 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 I think I've seen that online. Yes. That's probably why it's familiar. I mentioned yes. it on the recap okay. as well. Just dropped his name in. That's it. That's probably it, actually. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, right. nice one. Yeah. Okay. Nice one for getting it right. So the uh, penultimate one. How about Kasha Kalor? Kasha Kalor. Kasha, Kalor, Kasha, Kal, or Bus. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Mando. You locking it in? Lock it in, mate. Lock that in. Uh, unfortunately, not. Oh, Kasha, Kalor no. is totally fake, fake news, fraudulent, made up. It's a, it's a Matt Hudson original series. <laughs> It is another one, Fafro. And the final one then. Final one for this week, my friend. Are you ready? Yes, do it. Do it. Do it. Is this a Mandalorian? Rook cast. Oh, I think it is. Again, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yes, Mando. You're right. Rook cast was in the Clone Wars. uh, And the son of Dathomir, Darth Maul comics. So uh, you're right there, mate. So you've got... Four out of seven there. So over halfway. So what's that? I know, 60%. Hey, oh, I'll take that, mate. I'll take that. I'll take it to the bank and uh, draw up some money. Get Cash myself a cheeky cab or something. Yeah. Got Taco Bells. Yeah, Taco Bells. We love that. We love it. Kids we love do. it. Who don't love it? Who don't love a Crunchwrap Supreme? Oh, I do now after you bought me one last time. We did a commentary. But unfortunately, guys and girls out there, episode 90 of Star Wars Sessions has come to an end. However, the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session. You can find us on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. Or feel free to drop us a message or a cheeky voice note to our email. Hello there at starwarsessions.co. And if you want to consider supporting the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yes, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, we're there. If you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com. It's D-I-M-D-B for podcasts. It's awesome. We're on there too. So drop us a review over there as well. If you have a spare 30 seconds, they help us grow. They get more people listening. And as we always say, we love hearing from you guys each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell the heavy Mandalorian, hashtag thick boys. Tell your cousin the more the merrier. They're Kessel Spicier. That's right. Tell Axe Woes and the other Mandos, 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 that this is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke, may the force be with you always. Essex-based podcast heroes...
last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Tell that to Kanja Club.